2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
3: Welcome in to the early line. We're live right here on SportsGrid on the Monday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh joined by Donnie right side with a lot to get to as always over these next 2 hours. DRS, how you feeling?
4: Very good here on a Monday as we like to say refreshed and ready looking forward to the holiday season, a lot of things up for grabs not including the college football playoff cuz that has been settled but the NFL, mm-hmm. what an interesting weekend.
3: Yeah, we will get to the college football playoff. Tons of NFL headlines dominating as well. But wanted to make sure we get everyone an update around the World Cup 2022. The men's national team here in the United States in action over the weekend. They do lose in the round of 16 to Netherlands by a final score of 3-1. They were more competitive, I thought, than that score line suggested, but out in the knockout stage nevertheless. Yes, and
4: sometimes you take a look at what happens early in games, which might dictate the rest of it. You saw the uh, U.S. team with a chance to score early in that game with Pulisic. Weren't able to get that done. But the Netherlands they were a better team. The U.S. was an underdog in this one. And most people, Kevin, will tell you, the World Cup was a success. You made it to the World Cup. You got through to the knockout stages. You lost to a better team. That's where you got to improve because in four years, it's coming home to the United States or at least North America, and maybe the team can advance further at that point.
3: It was an encouraging um, performance all in all. I think you're right. We also saw some top teams like France, Argentina, and England advance over uh, into another round. We'll update the World Cup at the top of our number two. But as we said, the NFL headlines were massive and the biggest game of the week between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. A rematch of last year's AFC Championship game lived up to the billing and finished with the same score. As that AFC Championship game, 27-24 Cincinnati's direction. For the third time in the year 2022, Joe Burrow has beat Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's
4: outrageous. Like, you figure, like, the Chiefs don't lose, like, three times in a calendar year, let alone three times to one football team when the stakes were high. That was a massive game for both teams yesterday, Kevin. We're going to break it down a little bit later, but I got to tell you, Looking at that game overall, the thing I took away from it, the Bengals are going to be a problem in the AFC.
3: Well, listen, certainly something that that I've thought for a while now. It was the matter, though, of that schedule. And it's why Baltimore had to remain such a big favorite in the AFC North. Well, Cincinnati now two weeks in a row – you know, went to Tennessee and then welcomed the Chiefs into their building and handled their business, certainly making statements. And also, this is the kind of result that changes the futures market in a ton of different markets in a lot of different ways. And we will break those down certainly. The second biggest game of the week, or a co biggest game of the week, was in San Francisco between the Niners and the Dolphins. San Fran wins 3317, Tua throws two picks. None of that really is the big story here. In the openings of this game, Jimmy Garoppolo injured an ankle injury, and Kyle Shanahan, let everybody know that it is a broken ankle that is going to cost Jimmy Garoppolo the remainder of the season, the second Niners quarterback to be lost for a season-ending injury. Yeah, how about this one? Get out the crystal ball, and I tell you, on the first offensive play
4: for the Miami Dolphins, we're going to hit a 75-yard touchdown pass on the ensuing drive. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to break his foot, which leads three and a half quarters for Brock Purdy to come in as a rookie, and the 49ers won 33-17. to It's a great performance. That defense really stepped up when it needed to for the San Francisco 49ers. It just shows you how good and talented
3: those 49ers are, but certainly the Garoppolo injury is going to affect them, no question. The Niners odds, despite the win over the Dolphins to win a Super Bowl, about doubled on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Our radio audience is here on a Monday morning, the early line, Sirius XM Channel one fifty nine, another odd shifting performance came from Jalen Hurts. In the Eagles' victory over the Tennessee Titans, the Birds rolled in this one 35-10. A.J. Brown revenge game was in full effect. Eight catches, 119 yards, and two touchdowns. Hurts, four total touchdown performance, sees him creeping up on Patrick Mahomes in the MVP race.
4: Yeah, but he was fantastic yesterday. I mean, any you can get 380 yards passing and then couple it with, oh, yeah, I can certainly run the football, and I punched one in on, as a touchdown. No turnovers out of Jalen Hurts. 35-10 final. After a few straight weeks of, ooh, are the Eagles as good as we think they might be? Messing around, you're losing a game and having some close calls. This one wasn't close at all. They absolutely hammered the Titans.
3: Patrick Mahomes is plus 120, Jalen Hurts plus 155, a big shift in that market. The college football playoff is set. Georgia number one, Michigan number two, TCU holds steady at number three, and it is the Ohio State Buckeyes claiming the final spot. Some people wanted USC to remain at four. The committee put them at ten, so that was never going to happen, but the playoff is set there, Donnie. Yeah, the playoff is set.
4: The playoff committee used the rules that are in place here and actually chose the correct four teams. The goal of this playoff committee was not to put the best four teams in because Alabama would be in there. They did it based on the criteria that they're given, and they were 100% correct on what they did, Kevin.
3: We'll be able to expand on it, but also, I don't really think Alabama proved that they were a top-four team It's just that they are Alabama, so they probably are. But their resume is the big reason that they didn't get in, more so than the two losses when you go through the wins. Another college football headline, Colorado, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders already in Boulder, is going to finish things out in Jackson State, and already making some headlines uh, as he talked to his players. We'll get into that. Uh, And also in the NBA, the Lakers are, look, Maybe the best team in the NBA, AD favorite to an MVP. I'm not sure, but they beat the Milwaukee Bucks on a Friday night, and then AD put 55 up in Washington. They're piping hot. That is legit. We go to chiefs Bengals next.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
5: Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
6: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
5: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Back with you here on the early line. Yesterday's game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. I would argue was the biggest game so far of this season. From hype anticipation, it was definitely Chiefs-Bills. But now to be in Week 13, this one's going to matter a bit more. And it, again, impacted so many markets, so many different things moving. After the Cincinnati Bengals' victory over the Kansas City Chiefs, you, coming into this game, thought it was a spot to back Cincinnati You thought they'd be able to pull the mild upset here and beat the Chiefs once again. What did you see from Cincinnati? How impressed are you by this victory, 27-24? Really impressive. We talked last week, Kevin, about a lot of things that
4: could be changing if the Kansas City Chiefs lost this game. Most notable, we saw the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night pick up a win against their division rival, the New England Patriots, flip it over to Sunday. They said, okay, well, if the Chiefs go down, that gives the Buffalo Bills the number one seed, which they got. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But also, from a Bengals perspective here, now sitting at 8-4, and four, just behind the Baltimore Ravens, but also at the same time, Kevin, here. Now you look at the Chiefs, who are 9-3, and three, the Bengals are 8-4. and four. You have that tiebreaker. Over the Kansas City Chiefs. So if the Kansas City Chiefs slip up one more time, the Bengals run the table. Now, if you go to the playoffs and it comes down to it, you might be able to host the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, also, they beat the Chiefs three times in a row. And not from, hey, Kevin, last time they faced him was 2012, faced him again in 19, and then this. No, no, no. This is the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid led Chiefs over the past year that they've beaten three times now. So there's something to that, but also 10 to nothing in the fourth quarter. I thought Joe Burrow was sensational. And the biggest thing I picked picked up was even from last week they go on the road and take on the Titans they're down Jamar Chase they're down Joe Mixon they gut it out and pick up a massive win where Beryl made big time throw after big time throw they did the same thing yesterday you get Jamar Chase back like he never left Kevin seven for 97 no touchdowns but big play after big play here and when you needed the biggest pass in the biggest moment Kevin you know me on Twitter anytime I watch a college football pro football the goal is to be aggressive at the end of the game get a first down win the game do not leave the other team an option even if the clock is your friend here 40 seconds 45 seconds put the game away third and 11 burrow stands back in the pocket and throws an absolute dime to t higgins for a first down three knees later they pick up the win i'm so impressed by the cincinnati Bengals because it looks like joe burrow is getting better and better and better as the years moved on
3: joe burrow has turned into one of the most trustworthy quarterbacks in football All he does is cover. Now, they certainly win a lot too, right? But even in the rare spots where they might lose a game, it feels like they'll be able to snag a cover. The thing for me, despite that I thought this was a spot where I leaned on the Kansas City Chiefs, I thought they'd win this game. We've seen the revenge spot so many times. I'm not surprised. I've been calling the Cincinnati Bengals one of the five best teams in the National Football League for over a month at this point. So the Cincinnati angle of this doesn't surprise me. I do think this confirms something that's been true, though, now for a little bit on the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's that they are not some runaway freight train like they were when the Patrick Mahomes era all started. The opening year of Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City was 50 passing touchdowns 5,000 yards, and most people believe the only reason that his MVP season didn't finish with a Super Bowl MVP was they lost a coin toss to the New England Patriots. Well, all he did the next two years was go 30-4 and four until that game against the Bucks, which was then a fifth loss in a two-year window. But before that game against Tampa Bay— Everything about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs felt inevitable. They felt unstoppable, untouchable. They had won the Super Bowl the year prior in comeback fashion because that's what they did. They went into that game against Tampa Bay, and I know the Bucs had their backers in that spot, but it just felt like it was going to be another Chiefs Super Bowl in the long list of many Chiefs Super Bowls. Again, that window there, 30-4, and they lose to the Bucs. And in the next regular season, they lose five of their 17 football games. Patrick Mahomes looking vulnerable in spots last season. But again, they found a way. But in that spot against Buffalo, the way the New England Patriots escaped them in the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs escaped the Buffalo Bills. But for a lot of people, that was the Super Bowl until it wasn't. Because all of the famous Pat Mahomes comebacks were had on his watch by these Cincinnati Bengals and eliminated them in the AFC Championship game. And now you look at this year's Chiefs team, and they've played the Bills and the Bengals who are the two best teams outside of Kansas City A in the AFC, and they've lost both of those games. And it's not that they've been uncompetitive. They've been right there by a combined seven points in those two matchups. But they've lost both of those games. They are not in a tier of their own the way that they were. In the opening of the Pat Mahomes error, they are undeniably one of the five best teams in the sport, undeniably one of the three best teams in the AFC. But they are in for a dogfight here, Donnie, the rest of the way because the, this is a conference that has been able to catch up to the Kansas City Chiefs with teams like the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen and the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow. And you also can't pick the better play script here, should it say game script,
4: for the rest of the way out for the Bengals. You know, excuse me, for the Chiefs, you know me last week coming into this Bengals game where the Kansas City Chiefs are going to go on the road slight favorites here, and I looked and said, my goodness. If they can beat the Bengals here, they beat the 49ers, Titans, Jaguars, Chargers, Rams. If they beat the Bengals, who's to say they won't just win out the rest of the way? And also, you're going to probably be playing all the way through week 18 regardless because some of the other teams are going to be nipping at your heels for that number one overall spot. But you take a loss to the Bengals because next week up is the Broncos. Horrendous. The Texans. Horrendous. You get the Seahawks who are playing good football, but you get them at home. You have the Broncos again at home. Horrendous. And then that last game of the season against the Raiders, who are playing better football. but again, that's the last game you're probably playing for all the marbles and that you're going to try to win that not to say the Chiefs can't run the table the Buffalo Bills are going to lose again or even the Cincinnati Bengals but from a Chiefs perspective that was such a big game because I felt if they won that one it was smooth sailing right away being home at Arrowhead throughout the playoffs year now the Chiefs very good football team are the Chiefs done Absolutely not. Can the Chiefs go on the road and win in Buffalo? Sure they can. Can they go on the run if they need to and go play well, at least in Cincinnati, even though they haven't beat them? They haven't got blown out by the Cincinnati Bengals. They can certainly do that. But that was a tough look there because I thought the Chiefs were going to be in that control mode the rest of the way out, so it opens the door up for other teams. We're not even saying the Buffalo Bills are going to walk through their schedule And any given Sunday, as we like to say, with the Kansas City Chiefs. So who knows if the Seahawks play well, the Raiders rise up for that last game of the season as a home game against the Kansas City Chiefs and just playing for some pride at that point. But from the Kansas City Chiefs' perspective, they'll be okay, but I thought they really would have had the hammer if they won yesterday against the Bengals. I
3: will also, again, and and we'll we'll continue to get to the odds that have shifted here, because Cincinnati now is right in the mix of that AFC North race in a way that I didn't think they would be because of the schedule. But it's now not only the benefactor of that schedule, uh, having them win the tough games, like the one in Tennessee and the one here up against, of course, the Chiefs, the Lamar Jackson injury. The line, uh, this is for next week's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, almost already confirming he will miss that game. And just remember, for the Lamar folks that might doubt him, he was injured last season. At that time, the Baltimore Ravens were 8-3. They lost out. They were in the number one seed, and they lost out once Lamar was injured. The last piece of movement to get to, Once again, conference favorites, favorites to be the one seed, and Super Bowl favorites, the Buffalo Bills. And the thing is, while I'm sure a lot of people think that I'm going to say that that's ridiculous, a couple of weeks ago on Pro Football Today, I talked about the value on the Bills actually to win the one seed because all it was going to take was one Chiefs loss. They also got the Dolphins loss they needed. The Bills back in the driver's seat. The San Francisco 49ers helping them out. We'll get to that game next
6: Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
3: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. San Francisco 49ers and the Miami Dolphins had a, a meeting that felt as if it was a spot for the winner to stop all doubters. The funny thing is, one team didn't really have doubters outside of maybe me, and the other had not lost a game that their starting quarterback finished. So what were we even doubting? And yet we leave this game with maybe more questions than answers. The Niners win 33 to 17. Jimmy Garoppolo injured almost immediately in this game, and that is going to take up the lion's share of our conversation here. We'll try and get to the fact that the Dolphins here in a step-up spot were embarrassed, but maybe it's one game. The Niners, for me, Donnie, I go through the schedule. I go through the the resume. I know it's not college football, but when you're trying to evaluate how impressive these teams are, where these teams belong in the bigger picture, I didn't have enough from the San Francisco 49ers. I did not have them as one of the five best teams In the NFL. There was a lot of people that thought they were the best team in the NFC. I found that to be ridiculous. Now, I still do. Even if Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy, I still wouldn't feel that way. But this was a statement performance from the San Francisco 49ers. And if you're going to lose your second quarterback for the year, the ability to then have Brock Purdy come in and trust him they're to throw the football 37 times, finish with multiple touchdown passes. Has to be a bit encouraging. The most important thing, though, is a defense that is one of the scariest units right now in the National Football League, gave up a 75-yard touchdown pass on the opening play of the game, and basically from then on, locked up the Miami Dolphins for a good portion of this game. The Niners, despite everything surrounding now the injuries, I thought had what was easily their best win of the season.
4: Yes, rallying around a kid that probably wasn't expecting to play in this football game, Kevin. And we're also talking about, let's use these comparative terms, right? Let's just say Joe Flacco was the 49ers backup quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, Flacco comes in. Okay, vet, been around, won a Super Bowl before. Yeah, he knows the playbook, hasn't played that much this year. But you could probably have a competent performance out of a guy going, okay, been here, done that before. You went to Brock Purdy who was Mr. Relevant. And what that means is the very last player drafted in the draft. And you also know that Brock Purdy wasn't taking any snaps in practice. So it was up to him just to get his mind mentally right, figuring like, man, I'm probably never going to get in this game anyway. And he was thrusting in the first quarter, Kevin. This wasn't like, hey, Brock. You know, Garoppolo went down the fourth quarter, two-touchdown lead, hand the football, let's just get out of here with a win, and we'll get you some snaps next week to see what we can do. He had to go out and win that football game, and he did, and he performed admirably, and credit here to Kyle Shanahan. This could have been a very easy game for the San Francisco 49ers, Kevin, not to tuck, tail, and run and say we lost, but, hey, you know what? Let's just keep the football on the ground, uh, play good defense, and see what happens. They let him throw over 30 times in this football game, which is impressive. The trust level of Purdy and also the execution from Purdy, who threw a couple touchdown passes. They won this game going away, which I was pretty shocked at because if you're asking anybody who's just watching football games and likes to get down on a live wager at FanDuel, what are they going to do the minute you heard Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, my gosh. Dolphins is going to run wild here because not because they're just going to go up and down the field on the 49ers defense, which they didn't. But what are you getting out of the 49ers quarterback position? A maximum of maybe 20 points if you're lucky at that point? Boy, they exceeded expectations yesterday. Now, the question is not from what we got yesterday, but moving forward on the 49ers if they're still viable.
3: And, and that really is a – I want to say it's a difficult thing to answer, but it might not be. And it might just be a, a, a definitive, whoa! you see my lighting just changed. That it was insanity. I wonder what that uh, was. All right. We're still rocking well, and rolling. Like, May- oh, Donnie, you're going to have to there? go back and watch still that there. one. You'll watch it, yeah. Donnie. It'll be one of your favorite moments in the history of the early line. With that being uh, said, though, the San Francisco 49ers are not turning to a backup quarterback. This is their third string quarterback. That is in. That is some of the worst injury luck you could imagine. To to be the San Francisco 49ers coming into this year, to bring back Jimmy Garoppolo and say, we have a safety net if Trey Lance isn't all that good. For Trey Lance to be injured for the year and kind of to be in the room and say, man, thank goodness we kept Jimmy G here. And to also lose Jimmy G is incredibly difficult. People want Brock Purdy to compete with Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, when if the Niners had a choice, they would absolutely be starting Gardner Minshew or Cooper Rush over Brock Purdy, is a tough sell. There, Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback that is a top what, twenty guy, right? Maybe outside of the top twenty. I know there are some probably silly enough to put him inside the top twelve, but there's all there's no one that's going to put Jimmy Garoppolo outside of the top. 50 quarterbacks in the National Football League. Again, 32 teams. 1-2 on your depth chart. That gets you to 62. Maybe Brock Purdy's better than a couple of guys' backups. But to put things into perspective, go through the depth charts. I think he would be the 10th the tenth best quarterback in the AFC East alone. Everyone on the Jets. Both guys in Buffalo. Both in Miami. And both in New England. So that's where we are. You want what would be the 10th best quarterback in the AFC East, Donnie, to go on a Super Bowl run because we believe in Kyle Shanahan, who, by the way, is 20 games under five hundred in San Francisco in the games that he's played without Jimmy Garoppolo. Look, I know we got a lot of faith in the skill positions here and the defense is playing really, really well. But unless people think that Brock Purdy was the, the steal of the NFL draft being selected as Mr. Irrelevant, this feels like season over. Yeah, and
4: also shout out to the people out there like, oh, well if the cuts are bad and they cut Matt Ryan. Yeah, because you want Matt Ryan out in San Francisco. Or How about Phillip Rivers? Yeah, you want his 50-year-old body trying to just throw passes down the stretch. You're pretty much stuck with Brock Purdy at this point here. And I have to tell you, Look, I understand. Like, the last time we probably saw this, Kevin, you got to go all the way back, 2002. Donovan McNabb breaks his leg, ends up coming back for the NFC Championship game against the Bucs, but they lost that. But then all of a sudden, the following week, I believe, was Coy Detmer went down against the very same San Francisco 49ers, which led them to A.J. Feely, you know, guiding that ship to an NFC East Championship and into the playoffs before McNabb was able to come back against the Atlanta Falcons in the first playoff round after a bye week. But this is, a, come on. This is a rookie quarterback here thrust in. There can't be people out there going, hey, you know what? He could do the same things as Jimmy Garoppolo. And we're not saying. Kevin and I have railed on Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you're going to say a steady quarterback that won't win you the big game but can put you in the right position, that's Jimmy Garoppolo here. So now you're downgrading your quarterback position to a quarterback that now you think is going to win you football games in the clutch. The best thing about the 49ers, Kevin, is, hey, Shanahan is an unbelievable play caller. Very good offensive line here. Elite skill web, skill positions. But it's Brock Purdy now as your quarterback here. He is going to be asked in some moments to win you a football game. I'm not sure he can do I How oh, did you see yesterday against the Dolphins? I get it. Wait till the book comes out on what Brock Purdy can do and can't do, and defensive coordinators sink their teeth into that. It's going to get harder as the weeks go by
3: now. It's, it's a very, very tough sell. This is a show that despite, you know, we we slander Garoppolo, we're not crazy, right? Even if we said that Garoppolo was the 25th best quarterback in football, which which would probably be pretty low, that's still double where you'd rank Brock Purdy if I made you yeah. rank the entire NFL, if not more. And, again, Kyle Shanahan's great, but this is a tough mountain to climb. On the other side of the field for the Miami Dolphins, look – Here's the thing. Before this game, 7-0 when Tua starts and finishes, right? The tough thing is, when you look at the Baltimore and Buffalo games, there were fluky aspects to them. I am not looking to tear down everything that they have accomplished, though, because they're going to the playoffs. They're in a legitimate division race with the Buffalo Bills. But their next two games are at L.A., And at Buffalo, I would not be surprised if they lost both of those football games. And if that happens, and they lose three in a row, I know I'm doing some assumptions here, but just talking it out, then all of these criticisms are going to creep back up. And again, maybe it's unfair, but it is a year one head coach, and it's a quarterback we've had some reservations about. But maybe more important than both of those, Donnie, this is a defense that's underwhelmed all season long and feels very vulnerable. What in the world are the Niners doing here with 33 points? I know they had a late defensive touchdown that helped push them over the edge. But part of the reason that there are some people this morning around the sports world are going to say nice things about Brock Purdy is because he didn't look out of place against this Miami Dolphins defense here. The Dolphins... Are or are for me, a team, again, they're going to the playoffs. But when we start tearing out the NFL, like we just had a conversation with the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, I've not put the Miami Dolphins in that tier, and I feel fine about that after watching this game. Yeah, and also looking to what
4: you say upcoming, right? If you're expecting the Bills to challenge for the AFC East, number one, they needed to win yesterday. They didn't do that. But you're right, at the Chargers and the Bills, what's the best they're probably going to do there? One and one on that road trip, which is now going to be the third straight game that they're going to play. Also, the Green Bay Packers. Who says the Packers might still be eligible for the playoffs if they play decently over the next two weeks? At the Patriots in cold weather, then finish up with the Jets, who are probably fighting for the same playoff spot you
3: are. It's going to be a tough spot here for the Dolphins over the next couple weeks. Yeah. No, they they played the layups. They played the yeah. Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, Houston five-game run of awful football teams. Handle their business. We'll see what they're able to do from there we
2: go to the top of the nfc after a quick break here on sports. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads
6: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
3: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live right here on Sports Grid. Taking a look at the rest of the top of the NFC. The San Francisco 49ers, despite the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo, handle their business. uh, And they do enough... To keep them with the third-best odds in the NFC, they are jumped, though, by the Dallas Cowboys. The favorites in the NFC remain the Philadelphia Eagles, currently sitting at plus 200 in the market. Their odds in the Super Bowl are 5-1. to one. The Eagles welcomed in the Tennessee Titans. Started as a just-under-touchdown favorite. The line continued to work in Tennessee's direction. Whoops. 35-10. birds, birds. Birds. The Eagles rolled the Tennessee Titans, who were playing really good football, really competitive football for two-plus months here, Donnie. What did you make of the Eagles' win against Tennessee?
4: This was a big win for the Eagles, and not only because it came against a 7-4 and four Titans team, but it seemed like it was that arc-enemy-type team that could handle the Eagles. What do they want to do? Run the football. What do they want to do? Not turn it over. What do they want to do? Punt from the 50-yard line to make you go 95 yards for a drive. That's the Tennessee Titans' recipe for success. And we're led to believe that nobody scores more than 20 points against the Titans. And you know me, Kevin, breaking down this game multiple times on TV, on radio, and I kept saying to myself— The Eagles aren't the team that you're going to be like, hey, let's just play keep away and see. if. No, like the Eagles are going to score. They don't care what your defense is doing or your game plan. They're going to be in the 20s here. So it's up to Titans to get after because I told you I didn't see a 17-14 Titans win. It wasn't going to be that way. And I certainly didn't see a 35-31 game because I didn't think the Tennessee Titans were able to score that much. But let's keep in mind at the end of the first quarter, Kevin, 7-7. Final score, 35-10. And it looked just easy because when you're watching this game overall, if you tuned in for however part of this blowout, the Eagles did whatever they wanted to on offense and it didn't matter how many penalties stacked up against the Philadelphia Eagles with their 10 false starts or whatever they ended up this football game with. The Eagles were wide open all over the field. Jalen Hurts had an hour and a half to throw the football and the Eagles' pass rush was absolutely sinking their teeth into the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Outside of a couple of scramble plays from Tannehill, what did they actually do on offense, particularly on third down? Not much here. But for the Eagles' deniers and the guys that I want to Says they don't play anybody, they can't stop the run. Where's that excuse? The Eagles are 11-1. They beat the Cowboys, mm-hmm. they beat the Titans, they beat the Minnesota Vikings, everything coming in the direction, and this was supposed to be the game, as the Sharps told you, that would be the Eagles' kryptonite. Oh, man, they're going to get run wild, the game's going to be shortened, and the Eagles aren't playing mm-hmm. well over the past three weeks. Well, now there's not too much left to say after Eagles absolutely stunt the Titans and move their sights now onto the New York Giants.
3: For, for the who have they played crowd? Yeah, you're over that, right? Like you're done. Like you won't say that again because people people might hear you and that'd be embarrassing. Because you'd be wrong, because this is the second division winner that walked into Philadelphia and got absolutely embarrassed. And the Eagles did you all a favor. Get involved in the futures market. Who should I put some money on? The Eagles let you know when they played the Minnesota Vikings week two. Hey, don't bother. Don't bother. People couldn't help themselves. But then again, the NFC East helped you out there, and the Cowboys sent that team on their way, and nobody's respected the Minnesota Vikings a lick since. The Tennessee Titans, man. Ah, man, this team finds a way, man. hung, They hey, hung right there with Kansas City. Yeah, they did. They hung right there with Cincinnati. Yeah, you better believe it. Didn't hang with the Philadelphia Eagles, though, did they? No, no, no. Maybe, ah, the game was in Philly. Damn right it was. And so will every single playoff game that the Birds play. Over minus 300 to be the number one seed. That's been done for a while, though. And it's going to stay that way. And the only other thing, really, at this point. Well, maybe there were two things that people were questioning about the Eagles. The run defense. How'd Derrick Henry do? 11 for 30. Did he get injured? Nah. Nah. Didn't. 2.7 per carry. All right, let's move past that. Here's the only thing that stops people from buying all the way in on the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts. You don't believe in him because you're scared. Because it's hard to make that leap, right? You believe in Pat Mahomes, as you should. MVP, Super Bowl MVP. You believe in Joe Burrow because he was drafted number one overall and went on a Super Bowl run. You believe in Josh Allen because he's had a couple of years at the level. And I get it. But you're scared. You don't want to make a leap on Jalen Hurts. Why not based on based on what based on 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 the fact that last year he lost a playoff game right now. He is top five in total yards top five in total touchdowns. He's third in passer rating by the way passer rating doesn't factor in him being one of the most lethal runners. The quarterback position has ever seen nine rushing touchdowns on the year. 380 yards, 9.7 per pass attempt. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, both over the sensory mark. I was told yesterday by somebody, look, man, they're gonna have to make Jalen Hurts be patient. Deep shots won't pff, yeah, deep shots won't be there. They were there early. They were there in the middle of the game. They were there late. Jalen Hurts is in this MVP race, whether people that love Patrick Mahomes like it or not. They are 11-1, and a lot of that has to do with Jalen Hurts. I will say it again, and I've been saying it for a while now. The Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the National
4: Football League. You know what's great about that statement too is you're right. Your record is what you say you are, and the Eagles are eleven and one. Who knows where they're gonna finish up right now, but as long as you get the number one seed in that bye week, it goes through Philadelphia, which they're gonna play good football there, and it's gonna be their advantage. But you know what's more impressive here? You know so many times you take a look at the Tennessee Titans, how they're gonna win the game. Well, they're not gonna open up their passing attack. Let's do what we do. We're gonna dictate what the defense has to do. You know the Philadelphia Eagles go, hey, you know what? They're gonna go eight or nine in the box to stop your run. So what? We'll throw 39 times for 380 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, we're going to give you the running game. We'll run all over you like they did the Green Bay Backers for damn near 400 yards. That's the best part about the Philadelphia Eagles is there's no game plan. Nobody has come up to the Eagles like, you know what? There's the game plan to stop Jalen Hurts because it changes every single week, and what you give the Eagles, they take. It's no longer like, hey, look, the door's open just a little bit. No, the Eagles come with a barrel and kick the door in when you give them something here. It's as equally impressive as an offensive team as I've seen. You go back to the teams like the greatest show on 12 with the Rams and Kurt Warner, all those wide receivers and Marshall Falk. You knew what you were getting out of them, but you knew the aerial assault was going to take place. It was very rare. Hey, you know, let's go double tight end sets and hand Marshall Falk the football 33 times in this game and see what happens. No, they're going to dictate it. But the fact that the Eagles can sit back and look at your defense and say, oh, you're giving us the run? No problem. We're going to rip off chunks. Oh, you're going to play you know, man man zero on the outside against A.J. Brown. It's going to be one-on-one. Watch five seconds in the pocket and they loft the football down there to A.J. Brown it's impressive to watch what's actually taking place and you're right Jalen Hurts is the maestro conducting this orchestra right now to perfection
3: to move over to the Dallas Cowboys I got a text last night from someone Kev, okay, hmm. you're not scared of the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> these, these things make me laugh see I, I feel like maybe I've been seeing the board well I call the Dallas Cowboys the second-best team in this conference while Cooper Rush was still playing football. You could tell that this team had it. 54-19, they embarrassed the Indianapolis Colts. Here's the entire Colts analysis you need. Matt Ryan was benched for a reason. They should bench him again and put Sam Ellinger in the game. That's all you need. That's enough with the Indianapolis Colts. We don't need to talk about him again. I really believe the Dallas Cowboys are a top-five team in football and the second-best in the NFC. The problem for them, it's almost like you you guys play fantasy football, right? You have a big week, score 145. But unfortunately, you were the second highest scoring team that week, and you happened to be playing the guy that had 150. That week, he had Devontae Adams and Amon Ross St. Brown in his lineup, and it was a tough scene for you. What are you going to do? That's the Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles are in their division. So now Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are going to have to be road warriors. Do you trust that? Do you trust the team that last year lost a home playoff game to Jimmy Garoppolo to go out there and be road warriors? Dax played seven games. He's thrown seven picks. They are the second best team in the NFC, a top five team in the National Football League. It's just not their year, Donnie, because the path doesn't line up for them. No, and it doesn't line up. And by the way, when you take a look at the
4: Dallas Cowboys, right, 9-3, typically you'd say right now they would be in first place in the NFC East, but it's how good the Philadelphia Eagles have been. Now, coming up on the schedule, Texans, Jaguars, they're going to play the Eagles, the Titans on the road, and the Commanders. There's a lot of wins left on that schedule. And let's just say that Philadelphia Eagles game on Christmas Eve is going to be for, I don't want to say all the marbles, I don't expect the Eagles to lose before that, but almost like a Dallas statement game. Like the Eagles are like, hey, no, we're going to be the number one seed. And maybe Dallas goes, well, we need to beat you here to show you that when we come to Philadelphia, we have a legitimate chance to beat you as well. I like the Dallas Cowboys. When they are right, they're really good, and the schedule is starting to pan out now in their direction. I think they would beat the you know Colts 54-19? to No, but let's also remember. What was this? A touchdown pass and a two point conversion, which they didn't get, was basically going to be a tied game in the <laughs> third quarter. So it did get away yeah. in the fourth quarter quite grand. But the Dallas Cowboys have a lot of ways to beat you. And the, the emergence of Tony Pollard as being an absolute superstar on the backfield has really helped them out. Now, as I say, you know, our network here, we're certainly uh, involved in social media. BWS's question today, KW, which I just saw come out. Who is currently the best team in the NFC? Now, see, I take that as a little bit of disrespect to the Philadelphia Eagles at that point, like if that's the poll question that we have today. What are your thoughts on that? Who the best team in the NFC is, Kevin, and who should be getting those votes?
3: I mean, it's just it, that poll question is about as relevant as who is the best team in the AFC West, right? What a waste of time that is, man. But people can't help themselves because there's people that woke up this morning and went, man, the best team in the NFC just lost their starting quarterback. Because they think it's been the Niners, which is ridiculous. And then they watched Sunday Night Football and they went, man, it's Dallas' team. But as you see, and that's the thing, man. That's the thing, right? They they won the fourth quarter 33 nothing. That does That's not how this works. But I get it. went 54-19. They dominated them. They dominated them. But again, and I know maybe it comes off like I'm slandering here a bit. But you don't need me to tell you the Cowboys are good. You know that. And, you know, I think the Cowboys are good. It's simply, if you're talking right now, the best in the NFC, it's still the Philadelphia Eagles. And even if you don't believe that, that means you right now have to trust the Dallas Cowboys road warriors, right? That first game of the playoffs, the Cowboys are going to play, is going to be in Tampa Bay. And you know a party, boy, Tom, playoffs, that's not what we were looking for. That's not how this was supposed to go us sitting here with the second-best record in the conference, though right now they have the third-best record. The team that they had with a package pile driver on the apron has the second-best record. That would be the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are incredible, though, because honestly, they are 10-2, and, and who could possibly care? They beat the Buffalo Bills, checked in here on a Monday, said that team's a fraud, and they, the following week, lose to the Dallas Cowboys 40-3. And what the Vikings are going to do now, ever since that game, is play irrelevant football because nobody's going to believe in them again. I hope not. I hope not. I hope I don't have to come on here and waste my time, waste your time, explaining to you why you don't need to believe in the Minnesota Vikings again after that game. So since the Vikings are relevant, they win 27-22, to 22, let's move on. The New York Jets, Mike White, 369 yards. The Jets' season has gone like this. When Zach Wilson plays, they throw for 180 yards per game. When it's anybody that's not Zach Wilson, they throw for 300 yards a game. Mike White is so much better than Zach Wilson, and this team likes him so much more than Zach Wilson. I see no way Donnie Zach Wilson gets this job back.
4: No, he's not going to get a job back this year, but it's going to be interesting to see with Mike White, who is a free agent at the end of the season. I'm telling you, it's a disaster scenario for the Jets in the offseason that are going to tell their fan base, hey, You know who's our starting quarterback next year and it's his job to lose in the summer? It's Zach Wilson. It couldn't be any worse, but you're right about Mike White. Throws a catchable pass, and they were right. They should have won that game yesterday. Oh, well.
3: They were close. We'll be right back.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Reese's
1: Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it.
5: You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
3: Sneaking in a little NBA as we close out the opening hour here of the early line. And, well, it is noteworthy because we talked about the Los Angeles Lakers on this show for the first month of the season, and the conversations would go from anywhere between trade Russell Westbrook to trade Anthony Davis. That's how things were going for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, neither one of them should be traded, Because they're both playing fantastic basketball, though the the levels are different. Russ is legitimately in the driver's seat to win the sixth man of the year. And if Anthony Davis keeps this up, he's going to be in the driver's seat to win the MVP award. 55-17 and in last night's Lakers victory that came by double digits in Washington. And it was arguably AD's second best performance in the last three days. To Milwaukee DRS, 44 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks. As they beat the Bucks 133-129 to in Milwaukee. Again, we've talked about the Lakers a lot here on this show and have not had a lot of good things to say. And I'm trying to keep my head about it, but let's call it for what it is. Over their last 10 games, they have legitimately looked like a top 8 team in the NBA, if not better. And it's not supposed to be a surprise
4: either. Like, I'm always back to the notion, Kevin. Well, hold on. This team has Anthony Davis... And this team has LeBron James. They should be fine with whoever is playing behind them here, and you're finally getting it. Now, we can expect 55 and 29 every night from the combo, just you know, switch in interchange with each guy. No, we're not going to see that. But when you see the Los Angeles Lakers, when they come to play with two of the biggest superstars in the NBA, they're supposed to do this. Maybe something clicks sooner than later, but I got a feeling like next week we'll still be talking about the same things. Like, oh, maybe you got to trade Westbrook or do some things. But for right now, when those two guys are healthy and playing well, they're a good basketball
3: team. And, and and the incredible thing is, LeBron in those two games averaging 28.5, 8.5, and 8. And he really is the secondary story to AD. If those two keep it up, hey, might have something there. I just. World Cup starts hour two.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh-